The UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam. Morning, kiddo. Are you well? Yeah, very well, thank you. Okay, um, because you were talking... Friday, that's always good news, isn't e- it? Exploding packages, please expand on that. Yes, um, I suppose just as people are rather looking forward to opening packages, aren't they, on Valentine's Day? Yes. But lo and behold, uh, we learn about four suspect packages on top of three others, so seven in total over the past seven to ten days or so, all of them sent to army careers offices, forces recruitment centres, very much offices, not barracks or bases or whatever, spread around southeastern England, Oxford, Slough, Kent, Hampshire, Brighton, these places have received these letters. Now, they're not necessarily going to explode and rip through a building or even kill somebody, but they could absolutely cause a very nasty burn, possibly take a hand off maybe, Uh, but all viable devices, as they say, but none of them exploded. They were all dealt with in the end, and army bomb disposal were called in, etc., etc. But the link, of course, is they all of them bear Irish postmarks, and the government is saying it absolutely looks like dissident Republican terrorists in Northern Ireland are behind this. But it's a bolt from the blue, or I guess seven bolts from the blue, because mm. there's been nothing like this on mainland Britain for a long while, and yes, there have been one or two issues in Ireland, there often are, and before Christmas there was a bomb left, etc., etc. But the idea of suddenly targeting anything in mainland Britain is, um, it feels a bit 40 years ago, let's put it that way. Now, what's this about a Scottish currency? England going, mm, no union, no pound. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? That, um, what yep. are we, seven months to the referendum in Scotland when they'll decide whether to be independent from the rest of us or not. And the Chancellor of the Exchequer, after all, he is the Chancellor for the whole of the United Kingdom at the moment, says a separate Scotland can go and find its own currency. Forget this whole, you'll automatically slip into sterling or create a a sterling zone, Mm. sort of a bit like the Eurozone or something. In fact, all three main UK political parties agree an independent Scotland should not be allowed to keep the pound because of the stress it would do, that if Scotland's looking after its own economy entirely, then it could do all the wrong things and we could end up with a situation like a Greece or a Portugal pulling on the euro. And, of course, the sterling would be far too fragile to to have a part of uh, the United Kingdom or part of the British Isles, anyway, pulling on the pound. Especially with all that whiskey. He says this is English bluffing or English bullying, and (laughs) they often do complain about that, and probably reasonably so over the centuries. But there is an interesting point. If Scotland, therefore, is refused the pound and doesn't want to go into the euro, maybe you could offer them the RAN. They might be looking for a currency. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I don't think we'll even trust them with the RAN with all that whiskey (laughs) floating around there. Thank you very much. Now, how kind of you. You've moved storm oddities to the last, as as your final comment. Well, we're still weather obsessed, as you can imagine here. (laughs) Um, And and understandably so at the moment. More storms, by the way. A month's worth of rain in three days, that sort of stuff. But I, I think some of these are quite interesting. Like, for instance, geologists are excited because long-forgotten rivers, rivers not seen for centuries, and lakes are re-emerging. That uh, the underground water levels are so high that all these ancient things are suddenly there again. Uh, a bacteriological test in Berkshire on the floodwater, because it looks like, you know, is floodwaters floodwater, but they found mega-colonies, as they put it, of fecal coliform. Now, you don't have to know too much about that to know it's a lot of nasty germs, and as the microbiologist said, too many to count. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should hear it from 98-year-old Ellen Badam. Now, she was rescued in her 90, at the age of 98, from rising flood waters in Worcester. And she said simply, as she was sort of carried out, these things happen, I don't like to grumble. I think she might be a lesson for a few of us here. And also, there's this question mark, which is raised in a couple of the papers. Why wasn't the River Thames dredged? 
when, mm. okay, we have the flood barrier that protects central London, but the whole of the west of London going out towards Windsor, etc. This is a floodplain, and as they put it, one of the most undefended floodplains in Europe. And apparently one of the reasons they didn't dredge the River Thames was so as not to disturb a species of mollusk, the so-called depressed mussel, to which you think, well, no wonder it's depressed. <laughs> You are a laugh. I love it. <laughs> Adam Gilchrist and your UK report. Have a good weekend, sir. Thank you, my friend. And you too. Cheers, eh? Bye-bye. It's 12 minutes past eight.